episode 36, one-on-ones plus Instagram for wellness professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Christina Sinetta perspective. For doctors who want a thriving practice and abundant home life, listen as your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, goes behind the curtain and interviews doctors and guests about real-world triumph, struggles, practical tips, and entertainment on this episode of A Doctor's Perspective. The audience comes from a wide range of countries. So today, I just want to say hello and thank you to a few of our international listeners. Hello, Hanyobad. Kanichiwa, arigato gozaimashita. Nihao, xie Namaste, danya avan. Alo, danka. And all the other countries that speak English, like Singapore, Australia, Canada. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm pretty sure I butchered some of those. I tried to YouTube them. It's still difficult. So I appreciate your courtesy of giving me a pass if I messed it up. All right, let's get on with the show. By all means, if you're on an Android, wherever you listen to the show, go write us a review. iTunes, same thing. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Today, we've got Christina Sanetta. She will dive into Instagram and social media, business education for wellness professionals because she has a website called Total Wellness Connect, and that is what it focuses on. And also on the episode, we'll talk about the best way to do one-on-ones, which she also has a book on. We'll talk about how she chooses to hire staff, the way she set up her life to be able to work from anywhere and has for a month. She's Talks about how to deal with anxiety, video tutorials on how to do the social media. Why does she only look one year in advance for like goals and a couple of her favorite apps. I think you will like those because they are very actionable and you'll probably want to go download them immediately. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash three six. Stay tuned to the end of the episode for a promo code to save money. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Hey, everybody. Live from China yet again. Today on the show, we have Christina Sinetta, founder of TotalWellnessConnect.com and the Health Connections podcast. It is a membership organization with a goal to help wellness professionals grow their business. They do so by utilizing a holistic marketing approach, including organized networking, social media advertising, business education, and community outreach. Thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, that that was a mouthful for me, <laughs> and it leaves me guessing what exactly do you do? What can you do for uh, practitioners of variety of specialties? So how did you get into healthcare and what led you to design a, a website for this? In terms of healthcare, my parents are both medical professionals. My mom is an OBGYN, uh, mostly high risk cases. And then uh, my father is a physical therapist. And both of them have always had a holistic approach to what they're doing as much as possible. So it's really a great mix of Western and Eastern medicine in there. Um, so I've always been around that. And of course, like most kids that grow up in a medical household, I decided that I should study medicine, but later on found love for, for business. So at 20, I started my first business, which was a marketing company. So that's where the love for marketing really came in. And uh, just in 2014, uh, we, I combined the two. Uh, the love for marketing and also helping wellness professionals because they really needed it. You know, you study and you do what you love, which is helping other people, but they don't really care so much for social media, which is understandable. <laughs> so, huh? Interesting. Explain that they don't, do they not understand it or they just don't understand that they can use it because of like HIPAA compliance and all that kind of weird stuff? Um, there's a, yeah, there's a little bit of that too, but it's more so, you know, what are you passionate about? And wellness professionals are definitely passionate about helping people. You know, I'm passionate about 
Facebook and Instagram. So we really gravitate towards whatever it is that we're passionate about. So even if they might understand the power of social media, there's only so much time that's left for it. And the time that is left for it should be utilized, you know, to uh, maximized really, right, in terms of how we use it. But it changes so quickly that if you're not in the industry of marketing, you're not really sure what the right thing today is to do in order to promote your business. That's a true, true statement. Every <laughs> couple of months, it seems like Facebook is changing their live and adding stickers on top of it and writing things that may or may not disappear as you expect them every to. Two <laughs> yeah, every, every two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks. So what is a wellness professional? What does that mean? Um, or what our- includes those? Our program is really geared more so towards uh, holistic practitioners. And reason being is that a lot of uh, medical doctors have the budget to spend on marketing companies like ours. You know, from my marketing company side, I work with medical organizations and uh, practitioners and plastic surgeons and so on. And they have the budget to spend on somebody else to do the work. Whereas most holistic practitioners such as um, acupuncturists, massage therapists, oriental medicine, you know, even personal trainers. And we have a naturopaths and nutritionists and a great variety of um, professionals who are extremely well qualified, but they don't have the same budget for marketing for the most part mm-hmm. that a medical doctor would have. That's true. So this is where Total Wellness Connect can bridge those two gaps. Yep. Exactly. So we provide a more, um, you know, our mission is to provide sustainable and cost effective tools for marketing for uh, wellness professionals to be able to market themselves. So we really provide that education. That's what we lead with. And when I was looking at the site, it looked like there was a mix of networking and personal professional, I should say, professional referral system kind of built in. But is it also geared to uh, the public as well to find professionals in their area? Absolutely. So while we're not a lead generation service per se, Mm -hmm. our focus, and it is changing a little bit. So the website is kind of coming along with it. You're getting me right at that, uh, at that change phase, which is awesome. Uh, But we're really now leading, we started as an organized networking organization which means it's kind of like BNI, which you may be familiar with. So you get in a group and your referral, um, which is fantastic. I used to lead a few BNI chapters. So, you know, I really saw the power of that, but we just needed to tweak it in order for it to be uh, good for wellness professionals. But what we realized is that a lot of wellness professionals, such different schedules, you know, so to get some of them in the room as it is, we're already pulling from a very specified pool, <laughs> So in order for right. us to really grow, we had to take everything online. So now what we're doing with networking is that uh, we have online networking meetings, uh, which are, again, spent a lot of the time with education pieces. So you really get to optimize how you're networking. Another thing that we do is when you submit an application, we are an application-only um, network. So you do have to have a proper license and we do have to check your background and all of that good stuff. You also are asked, what are great referral sources for you? So let's just say you say a naturopath, then right away we connect you with the naturopaths in the group who you could cross refer Mm -hmm. with. So it's really individualized networking for each member. A nationwide thing or would it be kind of like a BNI where if I was super excited about it in 
my smaller town or big town or whatever, I would have to recruit people to say, hey, let's all become a part of this TWC and go from there online instead of meeting uh, for breakfast at six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, those six o'clock meetings. How I miss those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. No. So it when we start when we were meeting in person, then yes, it was a lot more like that. But that's part of the reason why we took it online. We saw an opportunity to help a lot more people. And you know, we met on Instagram. And that's the same way that we get a lot of people getting us, you know, seeing what TWC is is through Instagram and through social media. So yes, it does work. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. You know, it's it's really anybody can join at this point. However, in marketing, it's important to n- test out in a smaller area. So as we're switching our focus a little bit more towards education from networking, we are focusing on the area that we know, which is, you know, Connecticut, Long Island, and that kind of tri-state area um, currently. However, if somebody from, you know, Massachusetts or Miami would join, it would be just as helpful for them. Okay. So it's able, so as a doctor, as a practitioner, it's to help learn about what other people maybe in your area, the naturopath, the acupuncturist, what do they do? And it's in the profile so that you don't have to, because uh, that's the biggest problem is it seems we don't know who to refer to sometimes. Like, yeah, we think maybe acupuncture could work, but you don't really know who's woo woo and who's going to fit your, you know, jives with your personality and your, your practice style. So then you end up just doing nothing. That's and this could bridge that gap. That's where one-on-ones come in. So part of our um, online platform, which every member gets is that you get to schedule one-on-ones with each other Um, and we do interview every applicant that comes in to better understand where they're coming from we have denied people before just because we feel like it's not the right place for them and that happens quite a bit in network marketing too we're not close to you know wellness um, in network marketing but we're very 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 careful with it there are some people Mm -hmm. that use network marketing as part of their practice and they're not just trying to push their product, and that's fine. But, yeah. you know, we have to really have to be careful. So the way that we pick people, it's not just anybody with a heartbeat and a, and a check. <laughs> so that allows for you to really have a little more trust in who you can talk to. And like you said, sometimes you don't vibe with the right person, but there are three other naturopaths that you could talk to or however many. <laughs> when someone looks at BNI versus Toastmasters versus the mm-hmm. Chamber, there's all these pros and cons. Um, when they look at at your company, are there any misconceptions? Kind of like you said, there's, it's not really a lead generation service. Anything that you get questions, you always have to say, ah, oh, no, 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 no. Let me fix your, your <laughs> yeah. uh, thinking on that. Yes. And a lot of that is from growing something that's never been grown before. You know, when you start a BNI chapter, which I've done in the past, it's like, you know, you know, this, you know, the system, you kind of know what it is, you know, a networking organization is a networking organization. At the end of the day, it might have different things. But when it comes to TWC, we're literally growing something that's never been done before, at least not, not, not that we're aware of, or not enough to where we are aware of it. Um, And we've looked, (laughs) So, yeah, there are definitely misconceptions as we're learning because people really pick up on things that they want to pick up on, right? Not necessarily everything you're telling them. I think one of the misconceptions, like you said, is that, you know, it's a lead generation where it's not. And we've really made that more more clear with, uh, with people is that, yeah, you will be getting leads if you're doing what you're supposed to, right? But the biggest thing is, is that if you're not following the system, if you're not doing the tools... Or, you know, using the tools that we're giving you in the toolbox and you're just paying your monthly fee, your leads are not going to magically appear. 
you know? And I know that sounds silly, but to some people, they don't get it. They think they're going to pay for something and they're going to get leads. And nowhere does it say (laughs) that TWC will give you leads. However, people who have followed the system, who have been with us for three years, have seen a, and I'm not even joking, not, you know, kind of uh, going out of, but literally a 2000% return on their investment with what they're spent with Total Wellness Connect. They've diversified into different areas. They've started new businesses from what it is that they are doing because they've seen what they can do if they're using the tools. So, you know, to answer your question, yeah, absolutely. I think every business has, you know, misconceptions, but I think lead generation is the biggest one. If you're not using the tools we're giving you, you're not going to get the leads that you want to that you want to get. Now you could say much like a lot of places they recommend one-on-one. Yep. Doing those one-on-ones, you mentioned one-on-ones, so that would be one of the tools in the toolbox get to know these people so that you can like and trust them and possibly get that lead or referral because you know each other. If you don't do that, you will never get that because they don't know who you are. Right. And that's, you know, that's a hard one for people because it's like, oh, I have to actually do something. Um, <laughs> but, uh-huh. you know, it is it really is so important because um, and networking is something that we encourage, but it's something that we also, you know, we facilitate, but we also teach how to network mm. properly because a lot of people have this misconception of pushing cards. And that's one of the reasons why I am not a biggest fan of after hour, you know, happy hour chamber events, right? Because it's just, it's not, it's not business. It's great social, but it's not really business. Um, and for wellness professionals, especially, you know, I don't know how well you have to get to know your plumber. Okay. Right. I don't know if you even need to have a coffee date with your plumber in order to know that they're a good plumber, because God forbid, they're not a good plumber. Worst case scenario, you get somebody else to do it. Right. When it comes to referring a patient for your health, I really hope you want to get to know who it is that you are referring to. And Mm. the thing is, is that no matter how much, you know, I, every person I have ever met with, I've learned something new from them, you know, so why wouldn't you want to do that? And that's why one-on-ones are really important personally and professionally. Yeah. Got to ask this. (laughs) Networking events, don't just give out cards. So what would be one of the best strategies? What's a good strategy to maximize on these networking events, assuming that we're going to be going through these things anyway? Yeah. So I wrote a little um, networking guide. It's on Amazon. It's called the networking guide, oh. anatomy of an effective one-on-one. So you can tell how passionate I am about one-on-ones. Um, and it's it's just a, it's a little ebook, but it really gives you the steps you need to take care of before going to a one-on-one. Now, networking events are a different beast, but if you can get one-on-ones, which is what most wellness professionals are more comfortable with, you know, it's how you dress, how you act, whether you're writing down notes and the number one thing that I tell everybody that will put you straight, you know, in our trust funnel from the like to from the no to like to to uh, trust uh, very quickly yes. is asking the question, how can I help you? Right. Um, because, you know, most people, they treat networking like it's a sport and it's kind of like for for yourself. But networking is really yeah. about how can you help the person across the table, right? So asking yeah. someone, how can I help you is not only going to probably have their jaw drop, but it's going to say, oh, wow, this person actually cares about what I need, which is in human, you know, 
in human history, that tends to be the important question. <laughs> so yeah. I would definitely use like, that. Okay. It's not speed dating where you're just trying to match up real quick, measure them, get out of here, right. next. <laughs> it's just, that's not the uh, the approach we should be going for. Nope. When you're doing, you were considering starting this website, you already were doing marketing. What was one? Of, what was a hurdle that you had to cross to get where you're at right now? Boy, um, <laughs> if only people knew. No, but <laughs> um, really understanding the audience. And I feel like that's a big one for a lot of people. They don't really know their audience. And you would imagine that somebody who teaches how to find your target audience would know that. But really understanding them and what their needs and their personalities, um, out of all things, has really been, it's been a really fun challenge. I'll tell you that. It's, it's interesting to just see the difference between how much people say they want something versus how much they're willing to work for it as well in terms of, you know, I really want to learn this. I really want these tools, but wait, I don't have the time to do it, you know, or whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. then there are people who are even busier perceptually than the people that are saying that, that are making the time. Right. So really kind of figuring out what is going on um, in these people's minds and how we can actually make sure that, we can fit that into their schedule or, you know, help mm-hmm. them make the time and at the same time not listen to everybody's feedback, you know. So really finding that balance and learning their uh, personalities and learning their needs um, has been interesting because, again, there's no map for what we're doing. So it's all new. It's amazing how many people just they won't get out of their own way. And you're having to do your your job is one thing, but now you're having to switch it to convince, not really convince her, but persuade people to, this is why you would use it. This is how you're going to have to make time in your day to do it, which you need to do anyway. You know, the practitioner, It's right. uh, that's a difficult, were your parents able to help being that they have the medical background or they're so far in their careers where it didn't really matter? No. So actually I work with the organization that my mom is part of the practice with and from our marketing perspective, uh, from the marketing company. And my dad, I mean, I think more as a dad, he kind of like sat there and listened, but not from, not from a medical perspective, because not that they don't need it or understand it. It's more so, you know, my mother obviously pays the company to do it. And my dad just, I don't, you know, I don't, can't even answer that. That's a good question for you. But Um, not from a medical perspective so much, but yeah, you know, some ideas, I feel like just watching them, I got the ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we have to, we have to have a sounding board sometimes. And normally it's not our parents when it comes to something like this, but you have a pretty unique situation where like (laughs) they might actually have a good idea. They have a pulse, but if they're uh, 45 and 50 years old, their pulse is going to be a little different than the Instagram crowd of, uh, right now. You bring up a really good point of the generation, right? Because these these people and, and most of our um, members are, you know, 40 and up, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not looking, you know, it's not like we're going to the kids who are just right out of school, you know, 27, 30 years old. We are really working with people who this is new to, right? So that's mm-hmm. where we have to be really careful, like literally talking to somebody who just never who doesn't even know what, you know, as one of our clients says, tweeter is, (laughs) you know, that's why we make it really, really simple. We have a whole bank of video tutorials for them, short little video tutorials from how to start your Instagram to how to convert it from personal to business. I mean, every single step. 
So it's very, wow. it's very helpful. People have really found that helpful. Um, really a YouTube sensation there, but, <laughs> um, you know, there definitely is a generational gap. And now because we're focusing so much more on the education, we're definitely going to see a shift in the type of people that we have. And really, it's the people who want to embrace the technology. Because at the end of the day, you know, my passion for for marketing is helping their passion for helping people. Because the more they get themselves out there, the more people they're going to be able to help, you know, so that's really right, right. The route that we're taking there. Here is an interesting generational story for you. I was chatting with this first year in college guy. I live in China, so they have different social media. But I would have to say QQ is kind of like a Facebook and kind of like a messenger. And then they also have this thing called WeChat, which is maybe more like like a WhatsApp or a Viper or something like that. And everybody I know just uses WeChat all the time. You can send voice messages, you can send pictures. I mean, it's private, it's all this cool stuff. QQ is a little more crazy. They got email, they got, you can send big files and all this kind of stuff. So my perception was WeChat is where you would want to go. Mm. And I'm talking to this guy and he's like, oh no, WeChat's much more like <clears throat> straight lace, more business, more professional. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like you kick back and relax. You can do whatever you want. Facebook, that's the one that's, that's, that's what you have to be more careful on. And uh, he's like, oh no, no, no. Everybody uses, uses the QQ because more relaxed. I was like, that is the complete opposite. And I'm not that old (laughs) compared to him, you know, but I am. And I was just like, oh my goodness. So if you're a marketing person to know the difference between Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Who are these people that you're trying to to market to? And if you don't need young kids, you probably don't want to use Snapchat right now. Like that's not, that's not your target market. Right. But at the same time, you know, you bring up a really good point and that's finding a platform and it's never one platform. There's no such thing as a silver bullet, but really finding a Mm -hmm. platform that is good for your target audience, but also is good for you, right? Meaning, so that you know how to use it and be authentic. Right, use it and be authentic and knowing the language of that platform. So we actually recently did a uh, webinar on um, intro to social marketing and then also growing your brand with Instagram where we really focus on strategy, right? A lot of people, they will pick up their phone and they will use Instagram or, you know, whatever without even considering, you know, what are they doing, <laughs> right? What, what's behind what they're doing? They're just picking it up because it's the new kid on the block, right? I got to be on there. And Instagram, I mean, if you're in wellness, you got to be on Instagram. I'll tell you that much. You know, I'll give you, I'll give you a secret there, um, at least in the United States. But, um, you know, you still do have to have a combination of platforms and it might take you a few tries to figure that out. But you have to have a combination mm-hmm. of platforms uh, in order to know which one or which ones are actually generating leads or getting you the most exposure. And part of it is also analytics, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's all part of what we teach and really putting those pieces together. But if you're just picking something up and tweeting and whatever, because you think that that, you know, because your friend is doing it and they're successful with it, you got to rethink your strategy there, you know? What's your view on video? I listened to some podcasts about this stuff and they are like, go video, go big. You got to do video. It's going to be replacing everything in the next two, three years. What's your opinion? Um, in terms of video? Yeah. I mean, video is the most engaged yeah. with um, media for sure. And I actually just wrote an article on this. But, you know, when it comes to video, there's just so much that you can do with it. And I have a client who um, she's also a TWC member, but she was just so deathly afraid of doing videos. And I don't blame her because I was that way at one point as well. And she's 
a few years my elder. But one thing is, is that that especially when it comes to wellness or anything that's really personal, people want to feel your energy. And I'm not saying it in a woo-woo kind of way. I'm saying that people literally just want to know if they're going to vibe with you because after all, they're putting their health in your hands. They really want to know who you are, you know? So videos are important in terms of branding perspective, but they also, they're important for online presence perspective for medical, medical professionals, wellness, anything in the health industry. Um, because you're, if you put it on YouTube, which is owned by Google, um, you are getting, and you're optimizing it correctly, meaning that you're putting in keywords in the title that are come naturally in the description, in the tags and so on you are able to get a lot more visibility because again, it's Google owned. Okay. It's kind of like, why do we have Google plus simply because Google owns it? (laughs) Once you have those videos, not only are you able to have people in engage with you, but again, your search rank on, um, on Google and other platforms is going to eventually go up. Right. And it's going to categorize you better. And when they, if you type your name in and everything, exactly. I, I'm going to steal this from somebody I heard just because we're talking about video. He treats clients. He has patients. If he notices something that they ask, that's mm, that's interesting. Or he comes across, maybe they talked about some condition that they don't see that much or just was really, he'll just write a note. And then when he has a few minutes, he'll just record a five to 10 minute, hey, heard about this today, blah, 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 end it. And he's got really cool content. And this guy has, oh, I don't know, over 500 podcasts within a year. Right. That's unreal. Are you talking about so, Russell Brunson? Like, <laughs> well, it was. No, yeah, exactly. Right. No, this is actually a healthcare guy. He's yeah. actually a naturopath or there something you. like that. I don't like I'm butchering. That's why I haven't given him any credit. because <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> who it was from. But I was like, what an amazing idea. If you're looking for content and you're always complaining, like, oh, I don't know what to write about or blog about or snap about or anything or tweet her right. about. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's tweet her this. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I tell um, our clients all the time, I tell our members all the time, video is not about video production. You're not making a movie. Okay, your video should be, if you look at Instagram stories, if you look at Snapchat, that's 10, 15 second videos that you're putting up on there, right? On Instagram, Mm -hmm. you can't put anything up more than 60 seconds. So there's a reason for that. It's not because of hosting problems, which, you know, obviously takes quite a bit for Instagram to host all that. But it's because people are not in, we have a, um, uh, an attention span less than a goldfish by one second. Okay, our attention span <laughs> is eight seconds. It was twelve seconds is that in the long year two thousand. Okay, and now it's eight seconds. And I'm that not gonna lie, I thought it was like four point six. <laughs> but that should tell you something, you know. So if you are making some monotone, you know, movies or productions or whatever, that's not people people go on social media for. They're going there to get quick information. Right. So mm-hmm. in order to um, in order to engage that audience, that's exactly what you got to do. You got to give them those little tips, you know, and when you're starting out, don't get me wrong. It might take you 30 takes to get that one little tip. Not everybody is born right. with, you know, I know I take a few selfies before the right one comes out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but however, you just got to keep trying and eventually it's going to be like a really quick here you go one of our members actually he has this um thing where he just does 
little tips from inside his car. That's it. You know, and mm-hmm. people now really know him for it because he just talks from his car. And they're motivational and some of them are health related and so on. But that's what people are engaging with. They literally look forward to that. You know, and it's off the top of his yeah. head. He doesn't plan this content. And at the same time, you should plan a lot of your content. But <laughs> when it comes to yes, videos, if yes. you can get something real quick, or if you feel inspired right now to write that blog, at least write down the idea and the little bullet points of what you're going to have and then write it out. And quite frankly, all of our phones typically have a voice recording app built in to where all you do is just push a button and you can record your thoughts in the moment if you don't want to type it out or whatever. Right. Just say. Yeah, absolutely. The first book that I wrote, that's exactly how I wrote it. You know, I at the time I was driving a lot and all I would do is just press record and, you know, talk to myself for the whole ride. What did you do? Then you just went back and kind of edited it to make it flow better and, and everything? Um, well, the book, I mean, it was literally just thoughts that I would speak out. Uh, and then okay. I would just listen to them and I would write them out and then edit them and, you know, kind of go from there. But yeah. Ah, that's really cool. I like that idea. Yeah. I'm going to probably steal it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> In this world, it's only borrowed, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to borrow it, modify it, and that way you won't know. <laughs> what, yeah, what are some uh, five-year goals you may have for yourself and how do you know if it's important? Yeah, so I am a big... Um, proponent of not making five-year goals. Okay, please explain. Including business plans. So I think, Mm. and the reason being, so altogether I have four companies currently, and I can tell you that a part of it is because of the industry I'm in, but things change so quick. The plan that you made for your business over the next five years is obsolete (laughs) over six months, you know, because circumstances change, you change, especially in the wellness industry and marketing, And anything that's fast paced in terms of change and technology and so on, things change so quickly, you know? So what I do is I make, I'm big on visualization exercises. I'm big on, you know, vision boards and things like that um, because I'm a visual learner to begin with. And I think that it's important to really see yourself in there. And one of the exercises um, that I do is just literally immerse myself and write down a day in the life that I would want to live in a year from now. And Mm. there has never been a time where what I wrote down did not happen, not once. And sure, it may have been, you know, a different um, apartment than I visualized, but there's still those elements that I had actually written about, you know, or a house that I bought or whatever it may be. But there's still those elements that I had written down that are in there. So just to give you an example, um, about six months ago, I had written out a day in the life of, of how I would be uh, in Miami and I would be going back and forth from Miami to New York and so on. I, you know, and I'd be living on the water. I'm looking at the water view right now. And I, you know, I go back and forth. I'm going back to New York, August 9th. And It's not that I just dreamt it up and I didn't work towards it. But once you have that vision, once you actually feel yourself be in that space, that's when you know that it has to come true because you know what it already feels like. So in terms of, you know, what my goals are, it's really to grow, um, you know, TWC right now to a thousand members. And that is that is quite a goal (laughs) because 
it's having the right people in there, right? Again, we're an application only. So it's not just about people signing up. It's about finding the right people for TWC and for our other members to network with. In terms of myself, I'm uh, writing a book right now, which is actually really neat. It's uh, 12 Daily Rules to Loving the Life You Live. And it actually has the scientific facts behind the rules that I have made up and live on a daily basis. So I get to learn a lot about behavioral um, psychology. Now I get to learn a lot about our brains. So that's coming out in October and so on. But again, you know, when it comes to five year plans, they may work for some people, but I personally, they have just never worked for me. That's okay. (laughs) But what you're saying all makes sense. I mean, I've heard some of those things before. But when you have like even just a year out, you're going to take steps today or in a month, because you already know what your temporary goal is. Like, I want this. So I'm only going to make choices that align with that decision and get you on that yeah, path. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cause I mean, I remember MySpace and Periscope and a few others that if that was your silver bullet, it is gone. <laughs> exactly. That's a great point. Yeah. So you got four businesses. How are you able to take vacation? And if you don't take very much, how are you able to take more? How do you find time for that uh, to take a break? <laughs> so I have a wonderful team uh, when it comes to our marketing companies. I really do. They do a lot, but there are some clients that I handle personally, you know, it's either they've been with me for a long time, or it's just, I can't let go. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But they always make fun of me because uh, just vacation is like not part of my vocabulary. I tell them I'm going somewhere. But you know, they even are the ones that prevent themselves from writing to me. I don't take I, I, I'm not good at taking vacation. You know, if somebody were to ask me, what is my weakness? I am not good at taking vacation. And the reason being is that I've created a life that I get to feel like I'm partially on vacation every day. You know, I can pick up today and go to, you know, I was on a 30 day trip throughout Europe. Yeah, I worked every single day pretty much. Right. But, you know, enjoying that, it's almost like a, you know, like a a gratitude, you know, by working. I I think you're living in some people. Yeah, I definitely am. You're able to live where you want, travel how you want. Yeah, I got to put in maybe three to five hours a day but then at night i'm hanging out in italy not in uh some random city you know yeah exactly okay i like that answer how did you hire staff what'd you do any secrets yeah so i got very fortunate (laughs) uh the secret is be grateful be good and you know uh good things will come to you good at what you do i don't know about the good part but i had almost a decade now, I had met somebody while I was doing freelance work, freelance social media work for somebody. And I had met a man who already had a full fledged marketing company, a digital marketing company, but they were missing a lot of the social media part. So he kind of took me under his wing. And at the time, I this is before I even started my company, I was, must have been like 19 years old. At that point, I would have just learned to do anything, you know, Facebook for business was just becoming a thing. You know, I was like, if somebody asked me, do I know how to do this? I'm like, sure. And then I figured out along the way. (laughs) And he had taken me uh, under his wing. And eventually, we're still, you know, best friends. And he, um, he gave me a lot of clients. And, you know, I obviously did great work for them. And um, he introduced me to his team. So I have a very special situation where, and this kind of goes to keeping your costs low, while I have some in-house staff, I have very few because that's fixed cost. And we don't like fixed costs. Yeah. We want to have flexible costs, right? So currently, 
you know, at this point in time, we have 19 people that car- that currently work on our project, um, whether it's, you know, SEO or website or Google ads or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. But and software development as well. But if we didn't have a project, you know, or if the amount of projects went down, then I'm not paying as many people, you know, so they're really... It is an outsource situation, but at the same time, this has been the same team that I've had for the past, um, you know, seven years that we've been in business or six years that we've been in business. So it's, it's a very special situation. But when it comes to hiring and, you know, we do have a point in that, it's really trusting people to know what they are best at. And it took me a while to let go, you know, and find <laughs> and really yeah. find the good the stuff that they are really good at and emphasizing it. For instance, if somebody comes to me for a, um, I don't know, content writing position, but I see that they're actually really good at something else, I'm not going to put them into like data entry, you know, or even content creation. I'm going to put them into what they clearly have a passion and a really good thing for, you know, if we have space for that. So really recognizing what people are really good at and trusting them to be good at that is very important. I've heard it said most people like in your position, they say they wish they would have done it sooner. Does that resonate with you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, you always think, especially when you're growing a business, I wasn't, you know, funded startup. Um, I literally started up everything from my own. So letting go of that money every month or whatever, or even thinking of letting go of that type of money is like, I'll just work extra hard and do it all myself. But the thing is that your job as a business owner, not as a business manager, is to take your business to the next level, right? So you can't do that if you're too busy being in your business. You have to be almost on the outside of it, right? And I still do some managerial tasks and I tell myself to stop. This is not your job. You are taking somebody else's job right now. You know, and I have mm. to remind myself that and I'm like, nope, this is what you're paying this person for. Let them do it. Let them figure it out, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. So it's still a it's still a daily struggle for sure. That's an interesting thought, though. So for you, it might have been more of the money that you're like, I'm making money, but now I got to give a part of that away for tasks that I could do am doing. But now I have to take a step aside and let somebody else do it. Was that the hardest part is not really the control, but the money part? Um. I mean, definitely the control, the control I realized once I actually had somebody, you know, I don't think you realize the control so much until you're like, oh, now this person's doing what I know to be good at. You know what I mean? But the money part, before I started my business, I was in um, network marketing. And before that, and I had, you know, my last job, I think I was 18. You know, I had sometimes I had, I think, two weeks that I slept in a car. So it was a Lexus, but at the same time, (laughs) um, it was comfortable. But at the same time, you know, I found myself in this situation where I'm like, okay, well, this has got to change, right? And then you really, you do start developing some money issues, you know, in your your brain. Mm -hmm. And your brain is starting to... Your amygdala is like, oh, we never want to be there again. So now we have money. We're not going to let go. That becomes, that does become a problem. But, you know, it's, again, a daily thing where you're making a daily choice and you compound on those choices. And the wonderful thing about your brain is that it can learn new things and learn new habits. So I'm retraining it. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, this leads right into the question of besides work, any kind of hobbies or volunteering or anything that you do that gets you uh, focused and grounded? Oh, goodness, a lot. Um, so I'm a big fitness buff. I always connected to to my work in a sense, because it's more of my personal branding. So I believe that everything that we do, hobbies, whatever it may be, it really is all part of your work, because especially as a business owner, how you are, what you do, what experiences you have, all of that translates into the type of work that you do, right? So recently, I signed up for something really neat that we have here in the US, uh, which is called Class Pass. You know, I did it because I'm in a new new city. I used to live in Miami, but new city. The class pass allows you to go to different fitness classes, group fitness classes. So I started taking Pilates. <laughs> I'm one of those now. All right. All right. That's um, a good one. I started taking bar and going to, you know, boot camps and trying out new things in addition to lifting, uh, which is what I've been doing. So this is all at one gym? No. So it's just literally going to different gyms. Um, so it literally gives you a class oh, nice. pass. Yeah. So it's really neat. And I have a gym in the building, I, which is perfect. I know most buildings don't have such gyms, but so I lift there. I do my cardio. And um, my other thing is, is that I, in order to focus, there are a few things that I do. And one of them is coloring books. So oh. Carl Jung, <laughs> uh, the psychotherapist, he, um, he had actually prescribed adult coloring long before it became, you know, a fad that it is now. And I find, yeah, I find that, that it just, it really helps me focus. You know, there are some days where you just have brain fog. You could be eating the right thing. You could be working out. You could be doing everything, you know, the doctor ordered, but you still just maybe have so much to do that you don't know where to start, whatever it is. I immediately grab that or I grab knitting. (laughs) Now I'm 26 years old. All right. Uh, but knitting has actually been, uh, my mother gave it to me when I was having issues with anxiety. And knitting has really big uh, been a big part of um, focusing and getting over anxiety. Um, I don't think you ever get over it, but really managing it, let's put it that way. Yeah, it's definitely calming. Two go-tos. Well, there's a huge, you know, it's, it's, it's like a form of meditation if you, if you look at it that way. It's how you approach it because uh, yeah. it forces you to calm down, be calm, be still. You're in your own thoughts typically. Yeah. I applaud that. Plus, hey, you're learning a skill that most people don't have, and now you can really help some people who have babies with some little booties. <laughs> They'll love you forever. Um, I'm only good at making scarves so far, but <laughs> sure. There we go. <laughs> a booty challenge. A booty challenge. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so this was a question I didn't ask beforehand, but either if you have a spouse or a significant other, do you have any of those? I have a boyfriend in uh, in New York. It's an interesting. It's an interesting situation. I've never been in a long distance relationship for sure, and. You know, I feel like I'm so busy that I don't need to see some. We've been together for two years already, so I don't feel like I need to see somebody every every day, you know. And I feel like that's part part of the reason being is that I wake up, I work out, I do work, I go to sleep, <laughs> right. I eat sometimes. And <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation. I will see how that unfolds. You know, I just I love learning about myself, and I feel like I meet a different part of myself every day. Not a different personality, a different part. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's definitely been an interesting development. So, Would you recommend long distance for people that do need a little more of the uh, one-on-one time? 
and make it tough. I am in no position to recommend anything relationship-wise because <laughs> I'm obviously, you know, pretty much single. I'm not married. But uh, what I would say is that I have been getting a lot more done. I've had a lot less um, kind of an emotional uh, roller coaster, I guess you can say. And I've been, weirdly enough, even though we would go to the gym together and, you know, do all that, weirdly enough, I've been in much better shape. I cook a lot more, which is weird for me because I'm really a takeout girl. I cook all the time, actually, now. And... I don't know, there's something about being by yourself after being with somebody for a little bit that really reintroduces you to who you are. And when it comes to work, I'm so much more productive, to be honest with you. So it hasn't been a bad thing. Let's put it that way. It's great answers right there. Really great answers. Do you happen to have a morning or a lunch routine that you are consistent on? So I prefer to work out in the morning. And usually that's what I do. You know, I get up, I go to the gym, almost to get it out of the way, but also to kind of start my day on a good note. However, Mm -hmm. you know, recently, I've been going sometimes at night and so on. I guess part of my part of my routine is not having so much of a routine. (laughs) I like, like, yeah, I like going to different coffee shops, depending on how I feel that day. You know, I have a few within you know, a few blocks of my house where I'm like, well, the, today I'm kind of feeling like being a lot around a lot of people. Today I feel like being in a more creative space, you know, and whatever that is, is where I will go. So I can't say that I am too much for a routine individual. The only routine that I'm aware of is that every night I will charge my cell phone. <laughs> That's about it. Boom. When you can work from your house, do you find that you need to rent an office or like go to a coffee shop or someplace just to kind of get out of there and break the routine or what's the deal with it? Yes and no. So I don't like working at home all the time. There are days where I'm just like, okay, I'm in my robe and I will stay in my robe until it's time to go to bed again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I will work from there. Having a water view or a view that you enjoy, like one of my girlfriends has um, a view of mountains and that's what she always wanted. She doesn't care about the water. She wants mountains. But whatever that view is, you know, sometimes that can just be Mm -hmm. the exact change of space that you need. But coffee shops are a big favorite of mine because, again, they have different vibes to them. And depending on what I have to do that day or how I'm feeling, you know, what kind of coffee I want, (laughs) it's, it's really nice to get out for sure. Very good. Any favorite books, blogs, or podcasts that you secretly love and some that you would totally recommend for everybody out there? I love all books, Dale Carnegie for sure. And I know that's such a typical answer, but here's why. <laughs> um, how to win friends I love Dale Carnegie. <laughs> how to Win Friends and Influence People is a book that I go back to quite a bit. And now there's the digital age edition, right? Which I actually haven't read yet. But I think I, th- I think I like to stick to classics. <laughs> right. And the reason being, you know, it's it's kind of my first experience with self-development at that point. And then when I was traveling Europe, I was having just a horrible case of anxiety because I was so far away from work. You know, it's like, yes, I can do work <laughs> from anywhere. That's fantastic. But it's like you feel like you're going to come back and your whole life is gone. Right. And mm-hmm. at the time I was reading um, – How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, which is a less known book by Dale Carnegie. And it is fantastic. And the reason why I feel like it's um, like it's such a great book is because it really gives you perspective on how other people handled 
different situations. That there is really mm. no reason to waste your energy on worrying because most of the stuff we worry about is never going to happen. You know? Right. And the stuff that does, well, you deal with it. I mean, it's going to happen whether you worry about it or not. You know? And it's more likely to happen if you yeah. do worry about it. So why even What's why in even your go? control? Right. So, you know, I really love um, his book, uh, Sprint, is one that I had um, read recently, which I think is good for larger companies. It's not something I would recommend for wellness professionals, but for companies with a team, you know. So if you're a wellness professional and you have a staff, that might be a good one for you if you're trying a new idea out. I'm actually looking at my bookcase right now what else I've been up to. Uh, oh, there's one. You know, I actually, unfortunately, as much as I love to hold a book, I've actually been subscribing to Blinkist, which is an yes. app, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Explain it. I'm so happy somebody said it. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's been fantastic because you know what? Sometimes I'm reading a book and I'm like, okay, you really could have gotten to the point, you know, faster or this is really the point that I need to hear about. And um, Blinkist allows you to just have the shortened versions of those books and you can listen to them. And I prefer that because, again, we have such a short attention span, myself included, that just having the key points of information is important to me. And it just said, and it's by chapter. It's like it's you don't even chapter. lose a chapter. It's just they summarize the chapter. So it's not like 10 bullet points of a 300 page book. Right. It's bullet points per chapter. Love it. I don't remember the cost. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I've read so many books through Blinkers. I don't know if it counts. <laughs> But I like to say that I've read all these books. I definitely checked off a bunch on my list. Yeah. And sometimes I will re-listen to them. So like Sprint is one of the books that I have re-listened to simply because I feel like it sinks in a lot more. Right. Um, and, you know, there are books that I will reread almost every year. Like Think and Grow Rich, I will scroll through. I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but... I scroll through every year or so because there are parts of it that I really like and I kind of know the parts that I like. But Blinkist mm -hmm. allows you to just your brain to constantly hear it. And keeping in mind that we have to hear a marketing message or any message seven times before we actually absorb it. So Blinkist allows you to actually absorb it <laughs> a lot quicker than reading a book seven times. So I love that. Oh, when's your, uh, when's your podcast coming out? Is that still happening? So yeah, the podcast is live. We have our 10 episodes. Um, I think what you meant is oh. that the, yeah, the latest episode is our um, episode 10. We have our episode 11 coming out tomorrow, which is with Congrats. Danielle Jaffe, who is the owner of Whole Equals Healthy. And um, she just has, she's actually going to do a little interview with us on the movie, What the Health. I don't know how popular it oh, is yeah. okay. in China right now. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I just saw it on Netflix or something. Like, yeah. People are talking about it. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about it. She's going to do a little uh, follow-up interview on that as well um, after the podcast launches. So, What's that one called? The, the, the podcast. podcast is The Health Connections, which can be found on Stitcher. It's on iTunes. It's everywhere. <laughs> so you can also check out our website and find it on there as well on the front page. Give us that website one more time. Sure. Totalwellnessconnect.com. Blinkist, I'm sure, is one of your favorite phone apps, but I love to ask this as the last question. Any other favorite apps uh, or apps or blogs or whatever Instagram. that you use on your phone? That you <laughs> Instagram. No, but okay. uh, um, as a serious answer, so I have two um, that I equally love. One is Todoist. I don't know where okay. I would be <laughs> without Todoist. 
Um, it's not only an app, it's also uh, software. It's integrated with your Gmail. It's everywhere. You know, it's available everywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very neat. You can collaborate on things there. So I have my team and different projects for each team um, to share with. And that way I can see what is being done. Um, and the second one being IFTTT, which is if this, then that. It is the coolest thing. Have you ever tried it out? I, no, but I mean, I know the talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's just, yeah, I mean, Isn't it every like Zapier? time that I, if this, then that, I'm like, wow, I am in the future. <laughs> you know? I'm not even in the present anymore. What it allows to do is that it allows for you to create if this, then that using different apps, including Todoist. So for instance, as soon as my assistant finishes a task, the app allows for me to then um, submit it to a Google Sheet. So it puts that task as done in Google Sheet. Another thing is, is that I get a lot of emails, right? So there are some emails that are very important to me. So what I do, um, I turn off my notifications for my emails, by the way. So this is very important for me. What I do is I use if this, then that, and it says, if this person emails me, I put in their email address, then I get a notification to my phone, you know? So okay. that way it allows for me to keep um, everything that I need. It's also about, you know, if I'm within 10 feet of my home, it will turn on my phone Wi-Fi or it will turn on my lights if you have like Philips Hue or anything like that. So it's mm. very, very useful. It's free. Um, obviously, if, you know, buy apps. Oh, I can't believe it's free. But it's this and that is, yep. And it just, it makes life more seamless and it definitely helps a lot of things. They're really cool recipes. You, you don't have to pick a recipy. You literally create your own recipe. So, very neat. So, could you do something like if your podcast episode goes live and is published, then it'll shoot it off to the different uh, social medias so that you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's lots of apps that do it, but that's even easier if you're like, you know, just a simple one. But it can do all that type of stuff. It can do all, it can do most, I mean, it can't do everything, right? But it can do most things like for instance right. when a blog is published to our um to our wordpress site right then it will it puts it onto twitter puts it onto facebook you know and all of that good stuff i haven't tried it with a podcast i'm going to try that out but <laughs> i haven't tried it with a podcast that's the same as the well, the way i publish the podcast is through wordpress it's just a blog post and once that hits live yeah. then everything's published on um itunes I, and I stitcher and all that yeah i don't like automating social media too much and the reason for that is that the way that you post on different there you know each social media platform has a different language and it's important to be mm -hmm. aware of that. You know, if you have, um, I wouldn't, you know, post the same thing to Facebook that I'm posting to LinkedIn always. Sometimes you can, right, but definitely right, right. not what I'm posting on Instagram. I'm not going to post it on LinkedIn. You know, those two, I definitely would no, not. No, 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 no. You got to be a little careful with your automations. People sometimes go a little crazy and it's very clear that they just automated it. And that takes a lot of engagement out with their posts. Yeah. This is crazy. Just curious on your opinion on this. I posted episode 30 just went live mm -hmm. and gave a little description, put the picture. It was a real, I went in there on my laptop and actually did the post on Facebook. <laughs> 
And I'm like, okay. I got like maybe 50 people it's sent to. I'm like, what? And so I'm looking at my other posts that are on there and it's Instagram. So I just push my Instagram to Facebook and uh, it was like 5,000, 6,000 people reached yeah. and it's not paid. And I was like, what a difference that is 50 for a post that I cared about versus just a picture from Instagram with a whole bunch of hashtags. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe the difference. Yeah. And uh, my mind is boggled right at the moment, but well, this means at this point, focus on Instagram better. Um, yeah, focus on oh Instagram. So Instagram is the, has been the number one engagement platform for the last two years. It far really? exceeds Facebook organically by getting likes Cole, and things. Cole actually did a good uh, comparison, you know, in terms of how much engagement they got on same picture, same post on Instagram versus what they got on Facebook. And I mean, the difference is just staggering by tens of thousands of people. So Whoa. yes. Instagram is by far the most engaging platform, especially when it has something to do with wellness. It's also a great lead generator if you know how to do it. So that's part of what we teach. <laughs> One quick question. There's hashtags. I don't know what you want to call them. I call them hashtags. There's hashtags that have a million, you know, if you put wellness, good luck. Right. But if you might put wellness for feet, you might have 100,000 people that are 100,000 tags on that. Yeah. <laughs> do you recommend doing more of the smaller amounts or doing more of like these ginormous tickers? Depends on how much how much of a following you have to begin with. I mean, if you have over 10,000 people following you, um, authentic people following you, then, you know, you don't really even need to use that many hashtags, right? If you're starting out, Okay. <laughs> well, there, there are two, there's, there's a two-part answer. If you're starting out, keep okay. in mind that they're, the max for hashtags in a, an Instagram post is 30 hashtags, okay? If you're starting out, maximize on it, you know? However, make sure that whatever hashtags it is that you're using actually has to do with the post because there is such a thing as getting um, not banned but shunned by Instagram. And what happens is that if you start using um, certain keywords. There was one uh, that had to do with like Kentucky. And for some reason, it got, you know, really, really famous. And people from all over the world started using Kentucky, you know, and it had nothing to do with their post. So people were literally just right. using it to, to use it for likes. Don't do that. Trendy. <laughs> because what Instagram Trendy will now, do, even if it doesn't matter, it will ban your pictures from, from, from being found in hashtags, which is how you get the likes, right? Whoa, interesting. It's called shadow something. Uh, I don't, don't remember. Something to do with shadow, shadow blocking, something like that. But basically what it is is what I call a ban. You know, it's just a hashtag ban. It doesn't happen too often. But again, if you're starting out, yes, use the popular hashtag. Fitness, fit fam, <laughs> wellness. You know, as long as that has something to do with your uh, post, then yeah, go ahead, go crazy. And keep in mind that there are different times of the day that it's better for you to post when people are actually on there as well. So it's not just hashtags, it's a few things. But most importantly, and I have to say this, most importantly, put out good content. You know, it needs to look good. Instagram is a visual platform. That means that the picture comes first, the content is under it. So make sure your picture looks good. Yeah. And people can definitely contact you go to the website, they can apply, they can learn more about what you're doing, what's in your tool chest, getting getting more tips and things like this that are actually, thank you so much for bringing it. Uh, I'd like to know that there's actionable advice on the podcast and you definitely delivered a lot of good nuggets that people can start Googling and contacting you and trying to figure out how can I improve at least one thing better today because they listen to us today. So Thank you. Thank you so I much. Appreciate That's fun. It. 
Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really liking that if this, then that. That is really is a great tip. 30 hashtags for Instagram. It's good to know. How can I help you for networking? Y'all guys, gals, y'all might want to re-listen to this episode and tease out the things that we said and definitely find a way to do it for yourself, whether you're paying somebody already to do marketing or you do it yourself. Definitely some new information today. Stay tuned for the travel tip. If you want $50 on a Facebook ad to your target audience, when you purchase any subscription in full for the year, use code capital F, B as in boy, A as in apple, D as in David, 50. Check the show notes. It'll be right there as well. So doctorsperspective.net slash three, six. Somebody was asking me the other day, they said, I'm 30 pounds overweight, which is more than what it used to be. I've got no motivation to go to the gym, but I know I need to do something. And I told them that's what my book is about. You can't go from eating 3000 calories dropping them to 18 without some kind of plan. I can help you get there and all the little steps in between. Maybe you can only exercise for five minutes, but start there. Don't feel guilty about it. And then work yourself up to that 30 minute goal that everybody says you should do. That's what the book's about. You can get it at doctorperspective.net slash free ebook, or you can just buy it on Amazon as a paperback or a Kindle. If you notice on our website, we have all these pop-ups where you can get uh, 12 exercises for your neck and low back core strengthening. We also have stretches for numbness and tingling that are in the arms, feet, hands. I want you to know we have merchandise at a doctorsperspective.net slash shop. You know, we've got uh, t-shirts and logo podcast gear that I would be so thankful if you got. Uh, definitely post a picture on social media and, and tag me and I'll give you a uh, shout out. As always, if you look at the top right of the website, we have all the little social media icons. Just pick the ones that you like to use the most. Follow us. Uh, you're going to get quotes from the each week's episode. You know, if you sign up on an email, you'll get all the updates and uh, important announcements. So as always, I appreciate you. I'm thankful for you listening. And if you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, I'd be much obliged. Travel tip for the week. When I was coming back from uh, Australia, came to Sydney, this airline, they were going around looking for bags to weigh, carry-on bags to weigh. Well, on the way there, I guess I snuck my bags on without any sort of tag that says carry-on. They didn't weigh anything. And I was all like, what? They're like, it's overweight. I was like, so what? Y'all didn't check it before. And they're like, well, they should have. And I was like, fine. So I was upset, obviously. But I ended up having to pay the fee. And here's the, here's the advice. Check if the place has a weight limit on your carry-on because sometimes they're serious about it sometimes they don't care and sometimes they're serious it all depends on your carrier especially if you know you're you're um especially if you know you're flying on a low cost carrier they will nickel and dime you where they can so just be aware check before you fly where we just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end i hope you got the right dose for your optimal life please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on adoptorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.